Hi, my name is Rhett Barden, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. At One Life Church, we exist to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. For more information on how you can be a part, please visit us online at olc.church. Enjoy the message. Hey, podcast family, this is Pastor Rhett. Hey, before we jump into the message, I just wanted to take a moment and speak to you from my heart and say how much I love you, how much I miss you. I cannot wait to hopefully have the opportunity to see you soon. Hey, listen, this Sunday marks the very first Sunday that we were able to get back together for in-person gatherings at the Nampa Civic Center, downtown Nampa, and we had so much fun. And uh, if you were unable to be with us, hey, listen, we we love you. It's okay. Uh, we hope to see you soon when you have the opportunity. Uh, we did everything that we could to lay out a service that's not only safe, but that's fun for your entire family. And uh, for those who were able to join us, thank you for coming out. For those who weren't, it's okay. We can't wait to see you soon. Now, I wanted to take a moment and also just sincerely apologize from my heart because uh, we had a little bit of technical difficulty. And you're going to notice that once we get into this podcast, you're going to notice that our microphone or my microphone that I was speaking from, um, was having some technical difficulties, and I apologize for the inconvenience that is for you as a listener, but I'm really hoping that you can kind of push through that and listen to the content, because I honestly believe it's a word from God for our church and where we are today, and I hope you'll receive it, um, but listen, we're going to work on that. We're going to make sure moving into next Sunday that uh, that gets resolved, um, but it's all part of just life, isn't it? So listen, hey, I love you. I hope you'll enjoy this message. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I can't wait to see you soon at the Nampa Civic Center, 10 a.m., and be a part of one of our One Life worship experiences. God bless you, and uh, enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to One Life Church. We're so glad that you're with us. We want to welcome our online podcast family. Come on, welcome our online podcast family. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, do a little better than yeah, we love you guys so much. We're so thankful that you're along for the ride. We know some of you are able to join us today in person, and we're glad that you're here. But if you're listening online, we're so thankful that you have joined us. We love you, and we cannot wait to see you soon. Okay, listen, guys, we're jumping into a series called This Is That. But before I do, I want to introduce somebody to you. Many of you know who this lovely lady is. This is my beautiful wife, Miss Linda Barden. Everybody, can you put your hands together for my wife? Y'all, you got to forgive us. It's kind of a little bit of family reunion style. This service is going to look a little bit different than normal. But I want to introduce my wife to you. Um, we would not be here today if it wasn't for this woman right here. Now, God, of course, right? But, you know, God can't just speak to me. He's got to speak to this beautiful woman, too. And uh, I'm just so thankful for you. I love you. I appreciate you. And uh, I just wanted to take a moment and just for you to hear her mama's heart and her love for you. Is that okay? Could she just take a moment and share with you her love since it's been three months since we've seen you guys? Yeah. So. <laughs> I found out about this this morning, so I was not prepared. So you're welcome. <laughs> but honestly, what kept coming up in my spirit while we were doing worship was that God never changes. Things are different right now. Even this morning trying to drive to church, there's so much construction that I couldn't even go the, to church the way I would normally go to church. So I was like, even this is different. <laughs> the room is different. The service flow is different. I'm looking at superstars and heroes and legends on this side of the hallway instead of on that side of the hallway. And I love getting to see you. So I just wanted to say good morning. So glad you're here. 
just being able to see you has been so refreshing, and I'll cry about it later. But for now, I'm going to hold myself together and just tell you that I love you, and I'm so glad that you're here. I have missed you. You've been on my heart and in my prayers every day. Okay, I'll go ahead and cry now. It's fine. (laughs) But I'm glad to see you. And you have been in our hearts and in our prayers this whole time. And I'm really excited to get to hold some of you that are comfortable with it. And I won't hold you long enough that it makes it weird. I'm okay with that, by the way. You can do that for me. Uh, Sorry. Oh, goodness. This is a G-rated service. You're going to have to cut this out. Sorry. But I love you. And I'm glad to see you today. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, if you love Jesus this morning, can you give him a shout of praise just one more time, you guys? Come on, lift your voice to God. Yeah. All right. Hey, before I jump in the message, just a couple things I need to make you aware of, okay? Everybody say small groups. Small groups, groups, baby. What are small groups? You ready for this? They're groups that are small. Hey. Yeah. Right? They're small, but here's... They're small in number, but they're incredibly huge in impact. Listen, life change happens in life-giving relationships. Small groups is not something that we just do here at One Life. Small groups are who we are, everybody. And I think now more than ever, we've, become, we've come to realize how important they are. Amen? And so I want to encourage you. We're doing a four-week semester, just really short four weeks throughout the summer. I believe we've got over 10 groups already registered. Uh, there's a young adult group. There's a barbecue group. There's a family fun in the park group. I mean, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So can I encourage you, if you haven't already, go online. They launched today. They launched today. Go to olc.church. You can pull it right up on your phone. Hit the button that looks like that. It's a small groups. Hit the online directory button. Search it out. Find one that fits your schedule and one that will work for you. And join a small group. I cannot tell you. Do not do life alone. We are better together. Can I hear a better amen, somebody? Amen. So I want to tell you, there's one reason we do small groups in the summer, because it leads us up to another important date that I want you to notice, and that is our serve day. Everybody say serve day. Serve day, Saturday, July 11th. Mark your calendars for that. I know you're not going on vacation because all the airlines are shut down and you're not going to the lake. You're going to take that Saturday to hang out and love our city and be the hands and feet of Jesus. What does that look like? It looks like whatever your small group's going to come up with. That's what it's going to look like. So we're encouraging all our small group leaders to get with your small groups as you start your small group semester and begin to ask, what are the felt needs? What are, is there anybody in your family or your friends or your network or your sphere of influence that are, are some needs that you can meet in a practical way. Maybe it's cutting some grass for somebody. Maybe it's painting a, you know, a, a something. I don't know. Maybe you just get creative. Whatever it is, we're going to ask you as all small groups to get together on this day and serve your city with whatever the felt need that you come up with in your small group. So you're going to hear more about that. Mark your calendars. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is the heart of One Life Church. It's not about just what happens in these four walls. It's about what happens in our community. Amen? Amen. All right, listen, normally this is the part of the service where I tell you, hey, listen, we're a message note-taking church, and guess what? We are. All right, normally there's worship, there's worship notes in your worship guide, but guess what? We're trying something different today. They're online, everybody, okay? So on your smartphone or on your device, if you'll go to olc.church, you can take the serve day image down, my man, and go to the this is that screen. On your smartphone, go to olc.church, hit that button that says message notes, and you can actually fill in the blank as we go along. 
And we do this. Why? Not just so it just looks good. No, we do this so you can retain not just information, but you can retain God's word and have it with you throughout the week so you can remind yourself of who you are and what God says about you and how you can live a transformed life. So your message notes are right there online at olc.church. Get ready to follow along. All right, we're going to jump into this message today. Uh, I promised you a short service, and uh, don't say amen to that, but I know you're saying amen in your heart. Uh, We're going to jump right into the theme verse. The theme verse comes out of Acts chapter 2, verse 12 through 15. But before I read it, let me just set this up for you. So Jesus comes to earth. Jesus lives. Jesus dies on the cross. He pays for sins. He's resurrected in three days. And check this out. Most people think he's just in heaven at that point. But guess what? No, he's still on earth. He's hanging out in a glorified body. He's hanging out, popping through walls, everybody. It's great. Like, it, this stuff's in the Bible, y'all. He's, like, walking through walls into meetings and small groups, freaking people out. It's pretty cool. All right? And so he's hanging out with his disciples, and he's saying, Hey, fellas, I got some final instructions that I want to give you. And so he does this for 40 days. And one of the final instructions he gives his disciples is this. He says, Hey, I want you to go and wait in the city Because I'm about to send you the Holy Spirit. I'm about to send you something so powerful that will allow you to live and make a difference in this life, in this world. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And so they're still like, they don't really understand what the Holy Spirit is. But they're like, okay, Jesus. So they, Jesus ascends to heaven. They go in the city and they wait for 10 days. And guess what? Just like Jesus said, he sent the promised Holy Spirit. And from that moment is when the church was born. The church was born in that moment, but here's the thing. The power of God was demonstrated in such a way, everyone, that it kind of freaked some people out. They were like, man, this is amazing, but at the same time, oh, can you help a brother out because I don't understand this. Look at this. The crowd was both amazed and they were perplexed. They were like, this is exciting, but like what in the world is happening right now? And I just want you to understand when it comes to church, when it comes to God, when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to this whole thing and this relationship with God, many of us are like, man, it's exciting, but at the same time, there's a lot that I don't understand. And so they asked one another, which many of us have at one time that are in this room. Look at this. They asked one another, like, what in the world does this mean? What is happening right now? So some, however, made fun of them, and they said, Man, you know what? They've just drank way too much. Man, they've had way too much wine. I'm from the South. I say wine, all right? They've had too much wine. And I just want to make this note for a second. You will always criticize. You will always make fun of the things that you don't understand. This is the truth. And so Peter stood up and did what I'm going to do today. Look at this. He says, then Peter, he stood up with the 11. He raised his voice and he addressed the crowd. He said, fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain something to you. You know what explain means? It means let me explain something to you in Alabamian, all right? That's how I say explain. I'm going to explain something to you. Guys, this isn't what you think it is. No, it's not what you think it is. I know you think you're crazy. I know you think they've lost their mind. But, guys, it is only 9 in the morning. And then I love how Acts chapter 2, verse 16 reads in the King James Version. He says, no, 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 no. Peter says, hey, guys, it's not that. No, no, no. This is that. It isn't what you think it is. No, no, no. This is that. And this is that. This is where we get the title of our, of our series, everybody. It's right here. It's in this moment. And Peter goes on to quote the Old Testament prophet Joel. He says, hey, guys, this is exactly what you've been waiting for. This is what you've been wanting all your life. This has the power to change everything. 
and you're rejecting something that you don't understand, but the thing you're rejecting is the very thing that you need that God has sent for you. And so today and throughout this series, what I really wanted to do was take some topics in the Bible that a lot of us have some preconceived ideas about, some misconceptions about. And my hope is that I can explain it in a way where you'll actually go, you know what, that makes sense. Like, I actually would want that. And so last week we talked about the Holy Spirit, and you can watch this online at olc.church. We talked about the Holy Spirit because if there's one area of Scripture that many of us get tripped up on that we have so many preconceived ideas or misconceptions on, it's this idea or this person of the Holy Spirit. And what I clarified in the message was, God, listen, the Holy Spirit isn't weird, everybody. People, people are weird. Can I get an amen, somebody? It's okay. Let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He wants to be your friend. He wants to speak to you. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He wants to comfort you. And who in the world wouldn't want that? And so the Holy Spirit is something we said, hey, Holy Spirit, show me, fill me, come into my life. So if you missed that message and you've ever wondered or had any misconceptions or about the person of the Holy Spirit, can I encourage you to go back and listen to that message? And so next week, we're going to talk about a healing, healing, and what God's Word says about healing and why some people may get healed and why some people may not get healed and what God's Word says about that. I'm excited about that. But today, everybody, get ready. We're going to talk about a theme that is very close and personal to my heart, and that is praise and worship. Praise and worship. Many of us have misconceptions about praise and worship. And can I just tell you, ever since I was 16 years old and gave my heart to Christ, praise and worship has been a part of my life. And not that I've learned everything about it, but I've learned some things. And so for 27 years, I've been a worship leader, everybody. Right? I've been a worship leader. And so I've seen firsthand the misconceptions that are around this topic. Of, well, do I raise my hand? Do I not raise my hand? Do I bow? Do I sing? Do I not? Do I clap? Do I have music? Do I not have music? All these ideas. And I just want to encourage you today. If you will allow me a blank page just for the next 20 minutes, allow me a blank page. I want to introduce to you something that may be extremely different than what you thought. See, praise and worship isn't this. Praise and worship is actually that. And so let's take a look at here. So I, here's the thing. For me, I don't want to just tell you what it looks like because I'm one of those guys like, hey, man, don't tell me what. Can you tell me the why? behind it, because the why determines your way. Whys are important. And so I want you to understand the why behind it. So why do we worship God? That's the question we're answering. If you're taking notes, here's number one. Four reasons. Here's the first one. <laughs> Hands down, it's because God loves it. Listen, God loves it. He loves it so much that, you know what, he dedicated an entire book of the Bible called the Book of Psalms. You know how many chapters that book is? It's 150 chapters, y'all. It is the longest and biggest book in the entire Bible. I think God was trying to tell us something. He loves praise and worship. Well, you're like, well, what do Psalms mean? Psalms actually means song, S-O-N-G. Song. It's a book about songs. It's a book about worship. And so look at this, Psalm 150, verse 1 through 6. This is what God's Word says when it comes to praise and worship. He says, hey, guys, praise the Lord. Time out right here. You know what this word doesn't mean? Oh, just praise Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just praise you in my heart. Oh, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. You're so sweet, Jesus. No, no, no. You know what this word praise means here? It comes from a Hebrew word called halal, H-A-L-A-L. -A -L. 
You know what that word means? It's a Hebrew word. This is where we get the word hallelujah, everybody. This is the literal translation in every pastor's dictionary across the planet. I copied and pasted it for your viewing pleasure. Halal or hallelujah or praise. It means to shine, baby. Hence, to make a show, to boast, and thus to be clamorously foolish, to rave and to celebrate good times. Come on. Um, yeah, let's celebrate. Um, come on, somebody. Celebrate. Cool in the gang ain't got nothing on this. I'm just telling you. Celebrate. Look at the rest of the verse. It says, so praise God. Celebrate. Where? In his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with a harp and the lyre. And that's not a person who doesn't tell the truth, by the way. That is actually a musical instrument. All right? Praise him with a timbrel. And oh, uh oh, uh oh, I'm about to pass out. What is that? Oh, man. Praise him what? In dancing? Does it say dancing? I think God's word says dancing. It says dancing. Oh, I'm sorry, man. It gets worse, y'all. You ready for this? Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. But don't just clash those cymbals, baby. Let those bad boys ring out like with resounding cymbals. And for all those who think our services are too loud, here's your sign, baby. I'm just saying, okay? All right. God bless you. Hey, come back next week. I promise I'll teach. It'll be a lot more chill, I promise. I'm just kind of excited. It's been a little while. But it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And in case you missed it the last 12 times that God said it, he says it one more time. Praise the Lord. Listen, I'm telling you, God loves it. Why? Because it's fun. It's fun, y'all. Celebration is fun. We get it at the club, don't we? All the brothers and sisters going out the club. You ain't got to raise your hand. I know who you are. Like, you know what celebrating is like at the club. You get it in the world. You get it when you go to the Boise State Bronco game, you know. You get it when you go to football or you're watching your NFL on Sunday. Like, we see it in the world, but, oh, come to church. Lord Jesus, I can't do it there. No, no, no. God loves it. He loves it just like you love it. That's why he created it. So we worship God not only because he loves it. Here's the second thing. You ready? We worship God for who he is. We worship God for who he is. He is. I'm going to make this statement. Listen, your view of God will determine your relationship with God. Your view of God will determine your relationship. So if you think God is mad at you, guess what? You're not going to enjoy your relationship with God too much. But just as your view of God determines your relationship with God, your relationship with God determines how you worship God. And so I'm saying, listen, if you think God is like Thor from the Avengers with a lightning bolt in one hand and a sledgehammer in the other ready to strike you down for every bad thing you've ever done, guess what? You're not going to worship him. That was me as a child growing up in the South with a church on every corner. I was like, God is on this white throne ready to strike me down for every sin, for everything I could ever do. And I was scared to death. But did you know that's not the truth of who God is, everybody? That's a lie from the enemy to keep you from one of the best things that you could ever experience in your life, and that's a relationship with God and a relationship in worship. Look at what God's Word says in Psalms 100, verse 5. It says, guys, God's not mad at you. No, no, for the Lord is, say this word out loud, the Lord is what? Oh, come on, somebody. The Lord is what? He's good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. 145.3, so great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. So I will, check this out, because of this, God, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day, God, I will praise you and I will extol your name forever. Why? Why? Look at this, because the Lord is gracious. 
I don't know what you came in here thinking God was like, but you ready for this? The Lord is gracious. The Lord is compassionate. He's slow to anger. He's rich in love. The Lord's good to all. He has compassion on all that he's made. Check this out. We read it earlier. The Lord is trustworthy in all that he promises. He's faithful in all that he does. And because of this, David said, I will make the choice and declaration that I will praise the Lord. And everyone join with me. May everyone on the earth bless his holy name forever and ever. Amen. We praise him for who he is. And guess who he is, everybody? He is a loving, kind, compassionate, gracious, merciful, unfailing love God. He's good. So we praise him for who he is, but not only that, we praise him for what he's done. We praise him for what he's done. When I come to an understanding of what my God has done for me, guys, I just can't help but give him praise. I'm telling you. And that's why David says in Psalm 103, Guys, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. And may I never forget who my God is, he says. Man, never forget all the good things that he does for me. Go to Psalm 103, 1 through 5. It's the next one, my friend. There you go. May I never forget the good things that he does for me. We have to remember. Okay, so here's the question. What has God done for me? You ready for this? You ready for this? I've been looking for this moment the whole, the whole week. It says he forgives all my sins. Listen, God forgives your sins, both past, present, and future. Listen, if God never did another thing for you and I, he has done enough by forgiving us of our sins. Amen, everybody. He's amazing. And not only that, look at this. He heals all my diseases. Notice the word all. He forgives all and he heals all. Physical, mental, emotional. He heals all my diseases. And he redeems me from death. Guys, you know what that word redeem means? It means he claims me as his own. He sets us free. He gives you and I life, and not only does he give us life, but he crowns us. Crown, what does that mean? It means it's an imagery here. He's saying he encircles me. He surrounds me, you and I and our family, with love and compassionate favor, tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. Guys, I can't help when I think about my God and what he's done for me. When I think about how he's forgiven me from being a pornographer. When I think about how he's redeemed me from a divorce. When I think about how God has healed me from suicidal thoughts. When I think about how God has forgiven me from my past, my present, and my future. When I think about how he's redeemed me. When I think about how he's taken me from death to life in every area of my life. When I think about how he's encircled me and blessed me and kept my family and your family safe through this COVID-19. When I have to come on somebody you're leaving me alone up here I'm telling you when I think about his goodness and all that he's done for me I want to shout I want to give him glory I want to give him praise listen I'm not trying to hype you up this morning everybody that's not what I'm trying to do but I'm just passionate about who my God is he loves praise and worship we praise him because he loves it we praise him for who he is and we praise him for what he's done. Even the disciples did this in Luke 19, 37 through 40. Look, the whole crowd of disciples, they burst into enthusiastic praise over all the mighty works they had witnessed and everything that they experienced. It says, and now check this out. You ready for this? Some of the religious people, however, they said, hey, teacher, hey, Jesus, uh, that's not how you act in church, Jesus. You better get your disciples under control. Y'all see that? That's the religious people of the day. You bet. No, no, you can't sing. You can't dance. You can't shout. No, no, no. You better get it under control. And look at what Jesus said. He, no, no, I don't think so. 
Because if they keep quiet, the stones would do it for them. And I don't know about you, One Life Church, but I'm not letting a rock take my place in my praise. Amen? I'm going to give God glory. I'm going to praise him for who he is and what he's done in my life. There's a military base in North Carolina called Camp Lejeune. And uh, come on. In Camp Lejeune, uh, they're known for their F-16s. They're fighting. You know, I don't know if you know what an F-16 is, but it's a jet. And it breaks the sound barrier. It goes so fast, the jet flies by, and then all of a sudden there's this roar behind it. It's so close to the interstate. It's so close to the homes. The camp and military base would get so many complaints from residents in cities and different things. So what they decided to do is they said, okay, this is what we'll do. We'll create a sign, and I don't have a picture of the sign, but this is what it says, everybody. It says, uh, pardon our noise. <laughs> it's the sound of freedom. <laughs> do you hear what I'm saying? So I may offend some of you. I may be a little crazy. It may get a little radical up in here this morning. But I'm telling you, I'm going to give God praise. Pardon my noise because I've been set free. Pardon our noise, One Life Church. We've been set free. Amen? So why do we worship? Why do we worship? Why do we worship? Bottom line is this. Put it up, guys. Here's the bottom line. Because worship changes everything. Guys, it changes everything. I call it the glorious exchange. Pay attention. Everybody look at me right here. Hey, kids, check this out. You ready? So when you walk into church, your problems look this big, man. My family, my marriage, my finances, my career, my job, my, my health, my mental illness, my depression, my oppression. It's so big. This is all I see. It's right here in front of my face. And God's right here. But all of a sudden, when you begin to worship, <laughs> when you begin to worship and you begin to exalt your God and you begin to remind yourself who he is, and what he's done for you, and how amazing he is, and how great, and marvelous, and good, and kind, and compassionate, and loving, and gracious, and merciful. This miracle takes place, and all of a sudden, what seems so big pales in comparison to how magical, I'm not magical, but how majestic our God is, amen? I'm telling you, it's power of praise and worship, and if you don't believe me, try it. If you don't believe me, try it. See, that's the trouble about a pastor and that I have here is I'm trying to teach you things that you can only experience if you try yourself. Because you've got to try this. It's not something to go, okay, yeah, I understand in my head. No, 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 you've got to understand in your heart. you just got to take the step. And I want to encourage you, whatever you're going through, begin to praise your God, begin to worship him the way that God is teaching us this morning. I'm telling you, it changes everything. And not only that, when you worship, the enemy has to take a back seat, everybody. Check this out, Psalm 18.3. David said, I called on the Lord who's worthy of praise, and he saved me from my enemies. Some of you are overwhelmed by the enemy. Some of you have been overwhelmed too long, and I'm telling you, it's time to pick up the weapon of warfare that is worship and begin to exalt and praise your God despite your circumstances, despite what you're seeing in the physical, and begin to believe God that says, you know what? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. No weapon formed against me will prosper in the name of Jesus. I will bless the Lord. I will praise my God. I will praise him. Despite what I see, despite, and I'm telling you, the enemy may come at you in one direction, but when you begin to worship him, he has to flee from you in seven. It's powerful. It will change your life. So what does it look like? What does it look like? Why do we call it praise and worship? Why are there fast songs? Why are there slow songs? You ready for this? Because there is a protocol to his presence, and I'll give these to you. Look at this, Psalm 104. David says, we enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter his courts with praise. We give thanks to him and we praise his name. What is praise? Praise is what I call horizontal. 
It's this opportunity to come before God and go, God is awesome. He's so amazing. He's so good. Hey, guys, it's kind of like I'm talking to you right now. Like, I'm telling you all these things about God is amazing. Like, that's praise. It's horizontal. But Psalm 95 says, but there's another step we take in approaching his presence. Psalm 95, 1 through 2. It says, so come, let us sing for joy. Let us shout to God our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and install him with music and song. We enter with singing and shouting, but then four verses later it says, now we come. Let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. So it goes from this horizontal plane of, God, you're so good. Hey, everybody, God's awesome, too. God, man, you're amazing. I can change my life. I can't live without you. It becomes intimate. Worship becomes personal. And I'm telling you, this, there's an order to it, and God is looking for this. And this is why Jesus said, there's a time coming. Indeed, it's here now. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. He says that the Father is looking for those who will worship him this way. God is looking for people who will be real, authentic, and sincere in building a relationship with him through praise and through worship. I'm telling you guys, it gets God's attention. He loves it. He loves it, and he's looking for it. So how do I apply this in my life? Two things, and we'll close. I believe this will help you. Number one. We worship God with all that I am. Listen, we've got to make the choice and we've got to make the decision. Listen, if you're waiting on a feeling to hit you, that feeling will never come. If you're waiting for the mood to hit you just right, it will never come. If you're looking for the perfect song, it will never come. You've got to make the choice. Choices lead. The feelings will follow. We base our worship not on who we are and what we feel, but we base our worship on who he is and his worth and his worth alone. So I'm going to worship God with all that I am. Well, Pastor Red, I've done too many bad things. You don't know what, I don't want to be a hypocrite. You don't know what I did last night. Well, guess what? God knows what you did last night, and he still loves you. God still loves you, everybody. Your picture is still on God's refrigerator. Yeah, he's got a fridge. It's amazing. <laughs> Listen, God knows what you did, but he knows that's not who you are. So Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Give him your best. Here's the last one. Worship expecting God to respond. Worship expecting God to respond. Psalm 22, it's not on the screen, but it says, God inhabits the praises of his people. James 4 says it this way. Guys, come close to God. Listen, I want to time out for a minute. I'm not asking you to come close to a specific style of worship. I'm not asking you to come close to a specific style of praise. No, I'm just asking you to take one step closer to God. Why? Because the promise is if you'll come close to God, he'll come close to you. He really will. So I want to close with this thought. Listen. When it comes to worship, you guys, every single one of us are worshiping something. Listen, we all give our time. We all give our adoration. We all give our finances. We all give our passions. We all give the things that interest us. We all give things that are important to us. We all give it a place in our life. There is something in our lives that we give place to. And I just want you to understand, it is important what you give it to. Because here's the thing, what you worship, look at this, it becomes your obsession. What you become obsessed about, you imitate. And whatever I imitate, I become. And that's why I want to encourage you to worship God 
Be obsessed about God and who he is and what he's done. Be obsessed. And then what happens when that happens is all of a sudden now you begin to imitate God. You begin, begin to love and have joy and peace just like he has. And when you begin to imitate it, guess what? You become in the image of God. You get transformed from the inside out, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Hey, will you bow your head and close your eyes? We're going to close here with a moment of prayer. Listen, stay with me, all right? Listen, some of you don't like who you're becoming. Some of you don't like who you're becoming. And so I want to encourage you, take inventory of the things that you're worshiping. Take inventory. Ask yourself, who do I worship? Who do I worship? What are the things that are taken for? Is it my time? Is it my money? Is it my passions? Is it my job? Is it vacations? I mean, all these things are good. There, there's nothing wrong with these things. It's okay to have passions. It's just not okay for your passions to have you. God is a jealous God. He loves you so much. He doesn't want anything else to stand before you and him. He wants you to enjoy life. But I'm telling you, when we get it in the right order, it changes everything. And so, God, I pray for everyone right now. With every head bowed, every eye closed, God, I pray for everyone, regardless of where they are. I pray that you help them begin to take a next step to come closer to you. God, I pray that they come to know you. God, I pray that they come to experience your life change today. Listen, my friend, if you're here today and you feel like God is a million miles away from you, can I encourage you? He is just one step away from coming back into your life and changing everything. Listen, some of you are Christians here today, and because of this COVID-19 thing, you've isolated so much, you've even isolated some of your relationship with God, and it's time to come home. Now is the time, today is the day, to renew your commitment to Christ and to surrender everything and to worship Him and to put Him in first place. Because by the way, my friend, that is salvation. Salvation and experiencing eternal life is when you reorder your life and you put God on the top of the list. And if that's you today and you want to give your heart to Christ, or maybe you want to recommit your life to Christ today, and experience his life change that comes from a relationship with him, not religion, it would be my honor to pray with you right now. Now, listen, I'm not going to call you down front. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I will not embarrass you in any way, but I simply want to pray for you. If that's you, would you let me know by a simple raising of your hands of who that might be today? I love you so much. God bless you. You can raise your hand, let me know, and put it right back down. God bless you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much. I see those hands. God bless you. Pray the simple prayer like this. It's just from your heart to God. This is Jesus. I say yes to your love. Jesus, forgive me. Come change my life. I welcome you into my heart today. Today I declare you as my Lord. Today I declare you as my Savior. God, I believe you raised Jesus from the dead to pay for my sin. And God, because you gave me everything, today I give you everything. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, can we put our hands together today and give some praise to Jesus? for the lives that were changed. Awesome.